0: movements the podcast hello there I'm back this is my real voice I'm gonna use my real voice to reach you so you can make a choice about how you want to think about the subject side discuss I'm really discussing shit with myself in my room at home which is kind of not a discussion at all it's more of a cognitive dissonance resolution session a way of forming my own fucking opinions about things now scratch that that sounds like bullshit forming my own opinions the world needs less of that we need a little bit more respect I think for Like real authority, like in any given discipline, you know. We needed to hold off on copying and pasting ourselves some fucking articles, you know. And I say this, of course, not in reference to any of my personal relationships. None of my friends, you know, we don't send each other articles. you know i'm not i'm not pointing out parts of the internet to them i think we're at a point in humanity where we don't need to curate parts of the internet but we do anyway we do i mean i guess that describes all online behavior and dissemination of 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 markers of the cultural zeitgeist memes All of these sorts of things. Um, They're fun. Memes made me realize, you know, like, people are funnier than stand-up comedians. You know, that's kind of a crisis I had this year was like, wow. It used to be that it was an impressive occupation where you could not only have the skill to be funny. Anybody can be fucking funny by happenstance. But the comedian, I believe it was, like, uh, mm, what's his fucking name? He had early, like, HBO comedy specials in, like, the 80s. Uh, it's not Tim something or Ken- Kennedy, Kenneth, Kenneth. He's, like, a, he's like an older, uh, I don't know if he's Jewish or what. Not that it matters, but it helps me just sort of narrow things down. Again, just sort of sorting through the cognitive dissonance the trash bin of my brain the trivia the ephemera um and i'm coming up with nothing but this guy said and i'm paraphrasing no one when i say this apparently um he said that the difference between just being funny and being a comic is a comic's funny at eight o'clock on friday night and again it 8 o'clock Saturday, you know, three shows a night. You can turn on the funny, and you can sort of, you can meter it. You know, you can really open up the, really open it up, give them the fire hose of comedy, or not. And that used to be impressive before we realized that there are other mediums that people check into with regularity. The impressive part about turning on the innate concept of humor as a profession was the punctuality of it, the control, the professional sort of surfer mentality of riding the, the crowd's response, the laughter and the vacuous silence, knowing masterfully how to navigate all of it. And I still believe it's a really vital form. It's great. But in terms of the qualitatively, like the content, oh my God, you can get stuff that gives you belly laughs from memes, from TikTok, certainly from Twitter, you know. I mean, there's infinite forms of sort of crowdsourced humor that is of sufficient utility to people especially coming out of a pandemic where mo- like most of us spent like extraordinary amounts of time in our house usually in front of a screen of some kind either working fumbling to communicate with other people work or you know personal um Or, you know, just watching TV, just bored. So I think for me, that was an inflection point in realizing like, oh, my God, they've put out like 18 fucking comedy specials on Netflix. And first of all, they're of a certain ilk of comic, too. They're from like the West Coast Comedy Store. Uh, sort of, sort of group and a certain faction of, you know, East Coast New York, now Austin comics. Um, they just don't appeal to me. It seems like they're all just cashing in on what was like sort of a mediocre, uh second wave after the initials like sort of boom in like 2012 through like 2015 maybe for like kind of the next breed of alt comics and alt club comics sort of like you know the matt brongers and the um the kyle cananes of the world um which I'm I, I I'm a really really big fan of. Um, for some reason, I keep getting a message on my phone about a Walmart order that is being fulfilled. Basically. Uh, I don't know what it is because I didn't order anything from Walmart. I don't shop at Walmart. I've bought maybe two things from Walmart, usually online, when I can't find them on Amazon or I can't find them locally elsewhere. Which, Let's face it. I'm ordering most shit online. Everybody's fucking ordering everything online. (laughs) You know, I'm watching everything shut down. And we've been watching it for some time. You know, the alt-club comic scene shut down, and so did the retail economy. You know, as Amazon booms, you know, it started with, like, Prime and stuff like that. And then when streaming came along, it sucked that up, and now he's flying dicks into space, yada, yada, yada. You know, I saw some girl post a really funny tweet about... um, A scenario where Jeff Bezos is in space and he's naked and he puts on a pair of sunglasses and he says to his uh, mistress yeah I feel like Morpheus do I look like Morpheus she says yes (laughs) and uh, it came across a lot funnier in the tweet i don't know why but use your imagination and uh boy i need to fucking credit that tweet huh huh that would be the nice guy thing to do right huh huh let's 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 see here let's see if i saved the tweet um no but i did save the tweet from tom arnold today that in response to Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo says, Kyle Rittenhouse should sue for defamation. Tom Arnold says, so should Hercules. And I was like, slam dunk. Denny's style. Dunk a grand slam in a shake. Shake it up. I've uh, I've been making weird, cathartic, um, kind of bullshit music. You know, I mean, it's arguable that most of my music could be interpreted that way, but um as you'll see throughout the duration of this podcast, I'm going to play a couple of those tunes. Um, you know, and, and and I think I think if nothing else, don't listen to it for the content of the music, but for you know just sort of the backstory that I'm mentally at a breaking point. Um, you know, I go to work, uh, you know, for seven, eight hours a day. I don't make it to eight hours sometimes because I am so fucking distracted. I'm constantly on Reddit, Twitter, the worst social media sites, just arguing with people or trying to like... Volley quips back and forth and sometimes people don't get that's what's going on and you realize you're an empty husk of a person who's just driving back and forth to work not really being productive at work so not feeling fulfilled in your career and you know being almost 40 I'm you know confessing this on a fucking podcast you know it's nothing new to attempt to be cathartic and find meaning And even like by by even the most banal mode of communication or record or attempt at art god forbid (sighs) but you know life can just be hard mentally and there's room for all of it in my in my opinion so if you're feeling bad too you know If you're feeling like life is particularly hard for you, I just want to say I feel you. Whatever it is. I don't know the pain you're in or the struggle you're going through, but I do know that it's not important that people understand the particulars of of your pain or your struggle, but that they just, they care to listen to you you know and they care enough to believe you that it's real to you and to know there's a time to you know offer a way out as a friend or a family member or even a stranger you know it's hokey as hell but you know just hold doors for people You know, I, I've I've I go to my office every morning and part of my routine for a while was going to Starbucks and then it got to the point where it's like I'm looking at a six dollar total for one iced coffee and I'm like, you know what? I can do without this. Um But some of the time I did that I would uh I would get up to the window to pay for my drink and the person ahead of me had paid for it. And some juvenile part of me, you know, kind of hoped it was like, you know, like fucking Christy Brinkley or something, like just looking in her mirror and deciding, you know, I'm looking pretty good on my good hair day or something. And and i puff up my chest a little bit at that fantasy, but in reality, it's just Kindness that people just drop on you randomly and the randomness of it is what hits you because you realize you don't need any pretense to be kind for it to be felt by the person you're you're being kind to you know when you don't make it about the specificity of your gesture and what you're gesturing towards and instead you just you just make the damn you just you just make the gesture you know we all do it really impulsively with uh, we dole out hate and anger and irrational senseless random sort of avarice every day from our fucking cars you know Louis Louis C.K. had that great bit about it in... Uh, I think it was a special where he was in the round. I think it was Oh My God. Or um, Oh God or something. I can't remember the name of the, the special, but it was great. And it came out, I think, in like 2013 maybe. Because I remember I was living alone in an apartment and I had HBO. And... And uh, it came out and I watched it and there was this bit in it (laughs) about the power of being in your car versus uh, like in a confined space with a person, you know, like being (laughs) like the separation a car gives you with respect to the unleashing of your your rage towards other people and sort of the social conventions around that and sort of the hilarity of what social conventions are dropped the minute you shut your door and put your seat belt on and hit the road you know so like he's he's (laughs) he's talking about like a time he was in traffic and like called a lady like who cut him off a piece of shit or something like that like just how that was ready to go he was ready to fire that one like he Piece of shit, and then he and then he says like, imagine can, can that would never you could never imagine anyone saying that to someone like in an elevator, like turning to a guy in an elevator and just like staring at the side of his face and just saying, piece of shit, like fuck you. <laughs> it's amazing how vile we turn when we're in, when we're in our cars, you know but it's cathartic like this weird you know music I'm making oh Max showed up today looks like he brought the mail what's the word of the day Mo What? what's that one more time Max what's the word of the day chinchilla okay the word of the day is chinchilla thank you for participating in this video game simulation theory video game tell him what he's won Johnny Where <laughs> he's won a year-long subscription to chinchilla blankets it is a blanket subscription company hold up before you wash that skanky ass blanket of yours are you tired of ruining your washing machines and having to buy a new washing machine week after week tired of feeding quarters into the fucking chuck e cheese laundromat situation well we've got a blanket subscription program We have personally monogrammed blankets. For only $500 a month, we'll send you a new blanket every two months. All right? So try try it out. See you later. Back to you, Johnny. Okay. Um, My name is not Johnny. My name is... Huh? My name is... Who what my name is yeah hey my name is you your name is my name what did you say to my name oh what do you say to my name Give me a shame game blame with a donut on the side on a little plate. Yeah, plate full of pudding pie, plate full of whipped cream and sugar, clown nose shaped cookies. Little red spheres, little red deers, little red ears from coming inside from the cold. Don't you know when you get old, you don't turn as red. You are very leathery and stuff. Yep. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah, this is the, just I've lost my mind in, in this way. So let me show you an example of that. We're going to cut to a song and then I'll be back. Loose (laughs) Movements. quite a ride I um I I enjoy shit like that though you know you try to do things you enjoy in life and making songs is, is is one of the things I enjoy you know breezed right past Halloween I, I recorded a, an episode not a Halloween themed episode but it had mention of Halloween and Halloween has obviously passed and I have not posted that so I kept some ominous strings playing low ominous Halloweenish music but we are moving on past that in this fine year 2021 that has flown by, in in extraordinarily bitchy fashion. I don't know i I've been locked in internet land, and I think it's high time I get a real therapist. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my therapist right now, all right? I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk to another podcast host. I'm gonna talk to Joe Rogan. And I'm gonna find out. what he recommends I do So let's go to that. Hey man, yeah 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 yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for uh thanks for having me. I um Yeah, well, I'm 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 really happy to be on the podcast. You know, I I, I started podcasting back in probably like uh, 2013, twenty 2012 maybe in in earnest. Yeah, 2012. I did like a 20 episode thing with my friend, and then I moved out, and we stopped doing it. And then I sort of came back to podcasting uh, this year, and it's been an extraordinary success. I think I'm a cultural icon at this point. I think most people know who I am and what I do and what I'm about. So uh, glad, glad, glad to be here. Just wanted to spread some positive vibes out there. You know, I think you get a lot of negative flack on this show. Well, I think... I I don't think that people idly resent rich people or people with uh, platforms as large as yours. I don't think people idly disdain comics for, in the comics view, exercising their own freedom of speech or whatever. I, I think most people don't think... That symbolically, when they're evaluating the other, the the impact or the meaning behind um, someone's words, I think they carry more weight than you acknowledge. And that's not a function of bitchiness or a betrayal of your Paleolithic mandate to be sort of... Um, stoic and um, role based as the provider or the comic or the the, the the critic or the the gym rat you know it's like none of these things matter what does matter is the substance of your words so when in the next sentence you talk about you know valuing the impeccability of your words your word from the uh you know the the five rings or whatever the the four swords of truth you know or whatever the fuck it is um you know there there's actually meaning behind impeccability impeccability suggests that you don't fall back on this model even when you're podcasting of oh, I'm just shooting this shit and having a conversation. I have no like responsibility to be reliable in the in the intense interrogation like um grillings I give scientists to like uh be skeptical of their their opinion and and sort of um push focus to Um, alternative medications and things like that i i think even the fascination and the tone you put forth when you sort of lead with skepticism is one of you should totally mistrust these this evidence how do you even know they measured it correctly well the reality is like the whole public doesn't have the discernment to to read the density of these studies and things like that that's why people go to college to to understand how to conceive of these studies derive meaning from them and and meaningfully extrapolate patterns in trial data for larger populations, there is a method to it that laymen can't really comprehend, and I think that that um, incomprehensible nature of the science behind development of vaccines, or study of their efficacy, or sort of even interpretation of the trial data and the scope of studies that are currently being uh, undergone regarding, like, say, ivermectin, (laughs) you know? And it's interesting that ivermectin has not really been in the headlines since the midterm elections, you know? And the Republicans kind of won. They didn't need to whip someone up. They didn't need to whip vaccine skepticism up into a frenzy via you know pulling focus to ivermectin you know so it's interesting that it's sort of dropped out of um you know media narratives um which is interesting because I don't have a sense of how many people are being prescribed this I'm just not interested in looking at something that I know at face value and from from all the studies I've seen reported. I just saw a communication of some kind from uh, doctors in um, the UK petitioning to basically remove any ivermectin protocols from the UK's uh, treatment program. Um, And they cite, you know, the findings of several studies, the flawed um, controls introduced into the studies, the flawed interpretations uh, leveled in these studies, um, just countless problems with the conclusions derived from these studies that are being cited by people like Joe Rogan, like Like uh, Brett Weinstein or Peter Corey, who you know happens to have basically a web store for ivermectin on on his site. He basically works for a lab that manufactures it, and and you can buy it through his involvement and in advocacy. You can you can buy it, you know, or they'll have a list and uh, they actually have a checklist of, of how to handle conversations with your doctor, what of your patient rights, obscure or not you need to be persistent with advocating for you know, I, basically like a, a whole list of ways to bully your pharmacist into getting you the damn ivermectin and it's just it's so fucking sinister to go on a doctor's website where he's basically selling ivermectin and he's instructing you on how to bypass the widespread rejection of this as a valid treatment for COVID-19 um infection prevention you know um Or treatment, otherwise. Um, It's an anti-parasitic. A virus is a type of parasite, but we're talking about worms, man. (laughs) We're talking about worms. And Joe is still incensed and thinks CNN are liars. And like he's uncovered some grand conspiracy that they're trying to smear his name. He thinks it's defamation. When really he doesn't like how they framed something that is ultimately factual. He took a medication prescribed by his doctor that is more commonly used as an antiparasitic in animals, colloquially referred to as horse dewormer. That's not something you can reach out into the ether and grab back. I mean, that's a choice he made, you know? So, like, media pariah or not, like, you chose to go against the grain and value, you know, kind of doing your own research and having what you believe to be a sufficiently healthy mistrust in the consensus of opinion surrounding taking a vaccine. And you can say that there's no consensus, but I don't I don't know how you what metric you're using for that. Have you talked with doctors at the bar after they've made their official position to the AMA? You know? Or the C D C or the National Institute of Health or any of these entities? you know you could acknowledge that or you can just shit on Oscar the Grouch because you think he's a propagandist now fuck you man I got through my whole youth watching Sesame Street Big Bird Big Bird taught me about kindness how you and and um you know curiosity and uh You know, Grover taught me about a sense of humor and, and, you know, absurdism and, like, how bits are kind of formed. And I learned about, you know, songs and stuff like that. I I love the Muppets growing up. You can throw propaganda around like a dirty word, but, I mean, frankly, any show can be interpreted in the manner you've just done as propaganda I mean if you're constraining your definition of propaganda or broadening it depending on how you're looking at it to accommodate any communication positing any collection of ideas that that you may arbitrarily be able to observe and decide are sufficiently liberal or conservative and decide that that is a mouthpiece for something sinister or otherwise so pitifully deviant from what is sensible good or true to you to deserve your derision you know i um I think that's just a really babyish way of looking at things, you know I don't think um a public service announcement <laughs> for the most solid tool we have in the response to the epidemiology element of this of this uh disease. You know, the greatest tool we have to stop this spread is taking a vaccine as a population, as a populace. You know, not a single one of your rights has been taken away from you. As much as everybody likes to cry wolf, it's not here. It's not coming. We have kind of a bumbling president, but all of these markers are just like, The perceived like power centers that you're looking towards, you know, to provide you the answers of where you think the money's going and who's benefiting from this because you're not benefiting from it. Everyone is inconvenienced. Get used to it and be kind to others. Stop looking for patterns of why you think there is injustice in those who are not kind to you you know I'd throw that out there that's a belief I have anyway just own your shit man own your shit and treat others as you would have them treat you you know and that's that's kind of why I don't befriend a lot of conservatives because a lot of them just talk in terms of like you know they're they're reading their mission statement all the time that everything is so moralistic and so judgmental of the discipline of others or the lack of discipline of others or you know kind of um, you know the ratio of, of who they know who get handouts to who they know who work hard and and you know reaffirmation of their their role in a traditional society or something I just I don't need to like reiterate my values with people I just live them you know and so uh, I find conversation about it to be really dragging and boring and petulant you know pedantic and just kind of specific and and it really takes away from just living, you know, the shit I like to talk about is the stuff that, you know, worries me and the stuff that I love, you know, the stuff I want to get analytical about is the stuff I really love and want to analyze and understand more, you know? So I tend to talk about music a lot um, because it stimulates me. I think about music a lot, you know, when I, when I'm, going back and forth from work you know i'm i'm thinking about music you know when i'm at work i'm thinking about music i'm thinking about how can i know more about <laughs> chord progressions you know how can i know more theoretical stuff so that i can write music without being able without having an instrument you know how can i work on ear training my mind is always elsewhere and so i know kind of i'm on the wrong track in life professionally like i'm i'm able to do okay at my job you know i'm kind of petering out to be honest with you i mean i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to get better and bring my attention back but i don't i honestly don't know if i ever caught covid you know i i had some of the belief that that i caught it in early 2020 like january or something like that I don't know how that fits into the real timeline of when it was possible for that virus to be in the United States, but I uh, I was very, very sick and had a lot of the same symptoms and even got to the point where I almost thought about going into the hospital and going to the emergency room. Um, but I got over it. But, you know, I've had that fucking brain fog ever since and some of it is compounded by being home for a year you know doing teleconferences you know and working and typing from my office or from my kitchen table my house is in disarray because our kitchen wasn't finished for much of 2020 and into 2021 you know it's basically finished now but you know I had a lot of shit going on here just at home and uh, a lot of just distractions and piles of stuff to do. And I even drew, you know, I early pandemic, and I'll have to link, you know, to the social media, like some of the drawings and stuff I did, but I, I, was, I was doing drawings for a long time and I was actually, you know, really motivated to do that as like a disciplined thing. Like I'm going nuts at home. You know, we had lost a pet our cat, Wilco, died, and uh, that just tore us up. And, you know, just amid everything else, all of the struggles, um, I needed something to, like, just kinda center my focus around that I could really get into, and I found, like, you know, like music, you know, drawing is a creative way to focus sort of my feelings and my observations about the world my impressions into a healthy expression, something harmless and potentially beautiful, you know, but to like hone the craft too. But ultimately I just needed to contain my focus on that, on that sheet that sheet needed to contain all of my attention. And I would show up for it every day. You know, at first when we were locked down, I would show up, you know, I pull out a sheet of paper at lunchtime at my desk and start drawing and you know they usually only take me five minutes 15 minutes maybe sometimes 30 minutes some of them are more detailed but they were just sketches they're kind of doodles that are more sophisticated as time went on but they all had kind of titles and stories behind them and I had some grand vision I was going to write like vignettes for every one of them and I was going to have one every day until the pandemic ended and it became harder and harder to like know what the markers for it quote unquote ending (laughs) were going to be so I just I abandoned it and I got frustrated and I kind of lost my mind and I burned a lot in a bonfire but you know I kept screenshots of them I've got you know probably up in the 80s like about 80 of those things I drew and I think a lot of them might be gone but I think I kept a lot of them, and I have some hard copies of the ones I've drawn since burning the original. Um, but it was the burning thing was like, you know, it was kind of a. It wasn't out of like anger or insanity, like I said earlier, and I kind of take that back. It was, it was, you know, my mental state has been loose. You know, let's let's say that i've been trying to leverage times when i'm depressed or times when i'm feeling like kind of nutty you know into um fulfilling endeavors and and saying goodbye to some pieces of art that i spent time with and had a personal connection with and felt still steeped in the endeavor of of trying to create a a a longer arc project off of you know I wanted to experience you know saying goodbye to that and sometimes in extreme states when you're when you're depressed, you know it becomes easier to take on you know sort of the higher minded expression of of sort of acknowledging and feeling the life cycle of of creating and creation and death you know controlling that and feeling that you know. It's easier to do that in a depressed state because you're so extreme with where you would want to go with things. And rather than perhaps like, you know, ideation of some other extreme behaviors, you know, I think just burning some pieces of paper and sort of being mesmerized by the fire and saying goodbye and negotiating, you know, kind of mini grief in you know like this this was the first step this was the first drawing i made you know to cope with you know the pandemic you know it's like it felt like losing the 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 penny press you got at the millennium force or something like that from the first time you wrote it at cedar point you know just a seminal moment in your life that you decided to Extinguished from the physical record and that's heavy man and sometimes it's nice to to take a helping of heaviness on your terms and uh so yeah that drawing thing has been kind of cool man I'll post a link I'll post a link to that stuff but but yeah why did I even bring up the drawing um I think it's just, you know, you got to have things to do, things to occupy yourself, you know. It can't always be the band for me, you know. It can't always be drawing for me. It can't always be my job, you know. it's Life is about striking some balance or the pursuit of it. You know, just tune in things here and there. Knowing when to cut back and knowing when to make a stupid song. Here's another stupid song for you. will be right back. Everybody likes pepperoni pizza. Everybody likes pepperoni pizza. Everybody likes pepperoni pizza tonight. Come on down to the BP oil station and get yourself a free large pizza if you bring in this ad and play it out loud on your cell phone and ignore the request from the cashiers to stop playing it. Trust me, they'll they'll give you a pizza. Everybody likes pepper on the pizza. Everybody likes pepper on the pizza. You guys are way, way, way too energetic, (laughs) too good, too good. You guys got lots of, uh, give it up for baskets of french fries, everybody. Give it up for waffle fries. Give it up for this guy in the front. (laughs) This guy in the front's got the chicken fingers. Every goddamn week with this guy and the chicken fingers, every time. Why do you order a repeat chicken finger? Why do you do it? <laughs> you like the breading, right? You like the breading. This place does it right. They do, like, sort of a medium panko. <laughs> you know, it's like, but somebody drops the bag of panko in panic on the way in, and did all the, you know, the the big flaky breadcrumbs just pulverize into little ones, so you got to pack it into the, the chicken, so you got a little bit denser panko, so there's a little bit <laughs> little bit more substantial crunch wall you got to get past to get to the chicken, <laughs> right? But we like a crunch wall as, as people, right? Everybody clap for a crunch wall. <laughs> Sir, do you know what a crunch wall is? <laughs> you just made it up. That's what, that's what the crispy fried skin around a chicken finger is. We call it a crunch wall, (laughs) you know? You got to crunch them them chompers down on it, right, Dad?
1: (laughs) Right, Dad? You hear me?
0: You hear what I'm talking about over here? This is the important stuff, folks. This is the stuff that will endure. It'll be a little smoldering after the culture wars are over, but we're going to be looking at the same issues. What kind of skin do you like on your chicken fingers? If you even like chicken fingers anymore. (laughs) Hands up from all the waitresses, let's do a poll. In your opinion, is chicken substitute available in this restaurant? (laughs) What if we started doing that? Just asking things that are just a matter of fact (laughs) as as an opinion poll? Be like, hey guys, just a quick show of hands. Um, <laughs> who's using oxygen today? <laughs> and fucking, you know, Dwayne is like, what? <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know who Dwayne is. It's your friend. But is ambiguous enough a name that somebody'll, somebody'll, you know, put a story together about Dwayne. <laughs> Or how about, you know, Sean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: you know, um, both of those motherfuckers were silent. They didn't raise their hand. Um, not that raising your hand is particularly loud. You know, there may be a whooshing sound when your hand goes up. All right, you guys you guys uh, doing any Christmas shopping? No? Yeah, Christmas has really died off since my youth. I remember... Those were the days when, you know, parents went to war with each other. You know, there was the greatest generation, which was my parents' parents. And then you got my parents' generation who went to war with each other for fucking Nintendo 64s. You know, that was the era where people started camping out on the street (laughs) to get Xboxes when they came out. You know, I've seen some, you want to talk about fucking culture wars. (laughs) Talk about a culture that's at war with its own identity. You know, are we rampant consumers of, uh, you know, the latest and greatest video game thing? You know, I mean, I think iPhones too kind of took that over, but that was like peak device camping. (laughs) I don't know, there's got to be a better name than device camping, but there's a lot of people who camped out in parking lots in like sub-zero temperatures or stood out in line at least for a number of hours waiting for a best buy to open so you could have a crack at a coupon to come back in three weeks and buy the very first batch of PlayStation 2s that were probably going to suck and have a bunch of bugs in them, right? (laughs) But we didn't put that together. There's, There's this weird animalistic need for prestige to have the first crack at something to enjoy a week of blissful exploration of a new thing before the rest of the fucking herd gets a hold of it and starts ruining it and spoiler alerting things and figuring out more creative ways to finish levels in video games or whatever it wasn't just video games i mean it was like fucking my little pony for a while it was my buddy when i was growing up when i was like three years old was this creepy, like, kind of like almost as tall as you doll that had on overalls and a shirt and shit. And I think I even dressed like him at times. And, <laughs> you know, if you're a little boy and you have a doll that is exactly like you and you're dressed the same, like, oh, <laughs> I don't know, that is like some fucking American puritanical nightmare shit. You know, I mean, that, that's like the shining... <laughs> In rural Massachusetts, you know, at the time of like hat and shoe buckles and fucking witch trials (laughs) in the woods of Massachusetts. I don't know. But why do we talk about these things? Why do we talk about these things, (laughs) sir? As you dip into your fucking Sri-Racha mayo.
1: <laughs>
0: that is the clearest I've ever pronounced that name, Sri-Racha. <laughs> I love sriracha. racha See, my pronunciation is waning here. When pronunciation starts waning, you're either drunk or you're getting old or even, you, you know, something else.
1: <laughs>
0: There's nobody who isn't getting old. I say that with such confidence. There's probably like one guy in the woods somewhere, maybe the woods of rural Massachusetts <laughs> wearing some like fucking shoe buckles. <laughs> and he is aging backwards. He is Benjamin Buttoning shit up. <laughs> He's keeping his health in check. I wonder if you keep aging into negative years or if you turn into like if, they never explored Benjamin Button like through many lifetimes. You know, it'd be cool if there was, like, a like a side-scroller video game version of ben- Benjamin Button where when you reach the end or beginning of your life, you would start over in another dude's life. <laughs> From the end again.
1: You know?
0: That kind of shit... That kind of shit really gets my goat and then i always need to have like a, uh, a notepad to write that shit down so i have little fragments of like benjamin button but just keep going <laughs> you know he's like negative three years old so it's like he goes back into a fetus and then and then like back up into the dick of his dad and then the sperm inside the dad like keeps going back in time, you know, lives a a life as an old sperm into a young sperm and then dies that way and then, you know, gets the the food that the dad eats like the pineapple juice or the chicken fingers or whatever you know, know, because dads be eating chicken fingers, dog they love that crunch wall dads love a crunch wall you know, they also love, you know, other women. <laughs> other women, they're, you know, we <laughs> at that. Some dads are good dads, some dads just, you know, your dogs. All the all all the while I was growing up, you know, um, had one pretty much through all of en- elementary school and high school and stuff. That was um, my dog Nikki, and then I had uh, dog Harley after that. And how did I get talking about my dogs? I don't know. I think it's because I just. You know i have disney plus and i don't do anything but stay at home and sit at my desk um in a chair all day and i drink 16 ounce coca colas and i vape and i watch um you know uh 101 dalmatians for example you know any given day i'd watch the football speech from any given sunday you know, while 101 Dalmatians is playing on mute. This is how I consume media. I'm just juxtaposing images that I find compelling to me, and I'm, I'm looping them and considering them and ultimately not really taking things in in linear time. I'm, I'm going insane, is what I'm saying. You know, can I have one of your chicken fingers, sir? Can I grab one of those? You can hand it to me. Otherwise, I'm going to give you about a five-count, and I'm going to take one. Because technically, I'm a fixture of this club. I will be taking that chicken finger back into the ownership of the club. (laughs) Technically, the stage lights are here. They're illuminating me. They had a deliberate uh, purpose in aiming those lights at me so that I could, you know, achieve maximum effect in imploring you to give me chicken fingers I go into winter with a torn coat and I think I'm like 40 years old and I'm about as able to cope with the world as I was when I was 8 or 10 years old you know That's when I reach my state of development. I think, you know, I can intellectualize a lot of the shit that that you need to be successful in this world. Wow, I really killed fucking comedy, huh? Huh? Oh man, Sorbatio. It's it's a color of orange that we all, you know, you see in bowling seats. You know that means there's a little too much sriracha in it you know you want it to be honestly you want it to be the color of a throw pillow in like on Oprah's life coach show you know you want it to be like a pastel like a salmon color you know And maybe see little flecks of spice from, you know, the peppers that were ground up and, you know, sort of. (laughs) You're going to look at it. You're going to get in there. You're going to lean into the bowl and you're going to smell it. And you're going to be like, am I going to do this or not? Right? Or alternatively, you could just grab a spoon. You can be that guy who sits down at the bar, grab a spoon and just dip it in the mayo and then put the spoon up to your nose and do a sniff test. (laughs) But then what are you going to do with the spoon? Gonna use your dates cocktail napkin? You bet your ass you will. Put it down on the napkin and start working your way back to being a man again. After that, but know that you didn't have to lower your face to the bar. All right, folks, so that's my plan. Thank you.
1: Loose Movements, the podcast.